you just don't make up a number. I wasn't like, oh, we're going to only spend $250 a week. I looked at what we previously spent. I looked at the individual prices of the things that we regularly buy and then started to make plans around those things. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You, a weekly podcast about feeding families. Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Stacy. Today, we are going to be talking about how meal planning can help your budget. We have covered this topic before in an episode called Meal Planning on a Budget, but so much has changed since we recorded that back in, what, Megan, it was like February 2021, I think, right? Yes. Yeah. It's a while ago. So we're going to talk about inflation. I'm sure you all feel like it has definitely impacted your budget. We're also going to talk about ways that maybe it isn't affecting your budget, even though you feel like it is, and how we think that meal planning can help save you money in all different ways, regardless of inflation. Yes. Worth mentioning before we get into that, we recently launched an audio course all about meal planning called Meal Planning for Everyone. Not only does it include 12 classes with us, there are also four bonus classes with contributors like Jess Dang of CookSmarts and Kelsey Nixon of Recipe Club. And there's also a new community exclusively for meal planners. Check it out by visiting didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash meal planning for everyone. Stacy, yes. let's get right into it. I'm laughing a little bit because I kind of know the answer already. <laughs> but how is your grocery spending feeling right now? Okay, so it's really interesting. I feel like I'm spending a little less on groceries because I spent so much time not cooking the same way. But then that was coupled with spending way more on delivery. But it's been a little while that I've been back in my kitchen. And it's funny. I think there's also like a little bit of a mental shift because my pantry is a little bit smaller. And one of the things when I moved back into the kitchen was that I have this second kitchen in the rental apartment. People have heard this before if they've been listening for a while. But I live in a brownstone in New York City. We have a rental garden apartment that we took over when COVID struck, and we have since maintained it. We renovated fairly recently the kitchen in our main house, which is the three floors above the garden rental. I was using the rental kitchen for a long while during the renovation. I had a lot of stuff in the pantry that was just like spillover from developing recipes, from COVID, from having a lot of pantry staples. And I, A, used a lot of that up. And then when I moved back into my kitchen, I was like, let's move everything, partly because I hadn't gone grocery shopping in a full way. And I was using the stuff from the rental kitchen as a proxy to figure out how to organize the main kitchen. So I emptied out the rental kitchen altogether. And then I was like, oh, this feels nice. Like, it just felt like I had too much. I still like having a little extra in the pantry. But I was like, let me see what it feels like just to live with a more stripped down pantry. And so I just have less lying around, which makes me feel like maybe I'm buying less. But then for this episode, I went and I checked my grocery receipts and my grocery bill has been 
crazy consistent, not just through oh, this period of time. Man. Also, remember we did an episode even before the one we mentioned, like back, I swear it was five years ago. The more we did one more recently, and maybe it was a subscriber episode where we shared like our actual like hard numbers. We of- did we did one really early and didn't I just feed you we shared our hard numbers too. Yeah. Okay. We did with the budget mom. Yes. And Thank that was you. like 2019, 2020, maybe. My grocery bill still matches up with what I said back then. Okay. It's fine. really it's very rude. So, but it's interesting because even though my grocery bill is consistent, I I should really go look through because it could be that I am actually in this past month buying a little less, but that the the raised grocery prices are kind of keeping my bill instead of my bill also being a little bit lower. My mm. bill's exactly the same. So you're getting less for the same price, which I think yes. is the crunch that a lot of people are feeling. But I will tell you. And I'll, you guys need to remember that I'm a recipe developer and this is also spending money on food is something that brings me pleasure. Like being able to buy little treats for myself. Yes. Like the fancy honey or the yummy chocolate bar. But my grocery bill is very consistent between $300 and at the very highest end, $350 a week. Okay. For four of us. And I have... For people who are new, hopefully lots of you, I have a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, and all of the people in my house besides me are like six feet and up. Yes. Big eaters. So you're not, it's not like a tight and tidy four. No, it's not. <laughs> For like, lack I'm not of a feeding little, way to describe I'm not it. feeding little kids. Right. And I also don't, because I live in New York City, I am not good at like Costco, BJ's, Aldi. There are like three Aldi in New York City and they're all really far from me. Like I'm just doing fresh direct, like conventional grocery store shopping and then combining that with the farmer's market, but in season, which is really pretty short in New York City. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. I feel like this is funny that we're a little bit in opposite places where In the fall, I started incorporating more of a bulk shop into my pantry because I felt like every week I was having to buy a box of pasta and I was like, oh, I could just go to Costco. I have a large enough kitchen, a large enough pantry. Like I should just buy the Costco six pack of pasta, which is like very good quality pasta too. And then that week, that way, each week I'm not having to like be like, do I have pasta? in stock. And that's one of our go-tos for like a pantry meal or we call it a back pocket meal. And so my my grocery spending feels weird right now. I was going to say it feels rough, but being Are you trans- going to tell us how much? Yeah, totally. Great. I want to know. Being really <laughs> transparent. Yes, I know. I know. In the fall, We started to, like, really creep our spending up from, like, our regular, like, $200 to $250 a week to, and again, like, Stacey, I have a family of four. My caveats are that my kids are a little younger. I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. And that my husband often travels for work. So sometimes I'm just feeding the three of us for, like, four or five nights of the week. But 
two things sort of happened in the fall. One was we the, the budget started to like creep up. We were doing fast food Wednesday during soccer season. And so yeah. I was sometimes like planning fewer meals. And I also just got this bug where I was like, I'm not cooking just kid food anymore. I had been in like easy mode autopilot for a long time, like after we moved and with my husband being traveling so much. And I I was really unhappy with the way that we were eating and also the food that I was eating, like not in a nutritional standpoint, but just in a like bored and basic way. Totally. Totally. So I started spending more because I was like, oh, I want like fun ingredients. I'm doing these bulk shops. We're spending. And I was still planning the it same number of meals. Hot yes. honey. Yeah, like exactly. Yes, totally. I was still planning the same number of meals, like three or four, which I had been doing for a long time. And that left room for like fast food or takeout nights. And then for us to like go out to dinner to make a pantry meal. And that I thought that that was saving me money because I was buying for fewer meals. But then I was finding us like running out of things in the middle of the week. And then accidentally, air quotes, accidentally spending $100 in the middle of the week on like ostensibly eggs. Like we ran to the store for eggs, but then it was like also this and this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're spending $100. So totally. When we came back from New York in January, we had like a big budget. We always have a big budget conversation in January where we do some like long week planning. Like, what do we want to do this year? And we talked about budget stuff. And it was really funny because I track our spending like on a monthly basis already mm-hmm. for groceries, for eating out, for like the a lot of the very expensive things. So I knew how much our grocery budget had crept up to, which is that like when I say it out loud, when I'm like, we were sometimes spending $1,500 every month, which is like more than our mortgage. But that's like real numbers. When I told my husband that, he was like, no, that can't possibly. Like he just couldn't believe that that was real. And he was like, can we get it down to like, he was like, what if we budget like $800? I was like, that's just not even realistic at all. I know that there are people for whom they do that, but like it's for us, it's really hard. And we create food content. Like I recently spent $28 yeah, on totally. candy so I could make a reel about candy salad for Instagram. Like there has to be some wiggle room and also food. And like, I mean, this is the thing about budgets in general. You could do it. People feed their families on significantly less money. Yeah. But you have to like, if you have the budget, like you have to see the bigger piece of like, what is your overall budget? And then what slice of it are you wanting to spend on food versus travel, clothes, essentials? Like if you are privileged enough to have some wiggle room, as we do to a certain extent, food is one of our pleasures. Yes. And priorities, right? Right. Exactly. On top of the fact that it's also what we do for a living. And I will tell you that not every time we write a story or develop a recipe, especially when we're developing recipes for Didn't I Just Feed You, you don't always get reimbursed for ingredients. There is a price per story that we are paid as recipe developers. And if you nail it in two takes 
great. And then you could have a friend test it the third take and you're like, awesome. Or maybe someone at the publication cross tests it. But if you have an idea and you the first time is a total flop and you're like, ah, I'm going to keep at it. And you test it two, three, four times before you feel it's ready for retesting or cross-testing by someone else. That's on you. Yeah, you've eaten up a lot of your fees. Yeah. And I'll also share that a lot of publications are now like paying a small fee for photos, like iPhone photos. And it's tiny. Like sometimes it doesn't even cover the expenses of the groceries. So I don't it's just clarity that like we're we don't have like magazines and websites. And didn't I just feed you like covering our grocery expenses? Those are our real and hard grocery expenses. Stacy, it's getting warmer and the weather has me so ready for a wardrobe update. But I want it to be for the long haul without spending a fortune. Quince is your place. It's not easy to get quality pieces that you can count on to last without investing a ton of money. But at Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I love the pieces I bought from Quince last year, too. I wear my linen pants nonstop. I'm so impressed with what I get for the price, which is 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Which means it's time to snag their 100% washable silk skirts and camis that I've been eyeing. And don't forget, Quince has the chicest accessories for great prices. Get warm weather ready with us and Quince. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y short for didn't I just feed you. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. But I feel like this idea of meal planning saving you money, which was like a big driver for us creating meal planning for everyone because like people are concerned about their budgets it comes up in our listeners community a lot we get questions in our dms etc about it is something that i like actually had to put into practice yeah since january like it start really starting at the end of december but like hard in january being like okay we want to do all these other things this year like we want to build out our garden we want to get chickens we want to go on an international trip for fall break. Like we have to put money aside 
for those things. And so the food budget has to change. Yeah. And it really gave me resolve to not only meal plan, but plan more. And I think that that's like one of my biggest takeaways. And one of the things that you'll learn in meal planning for everyone is like how to decide how many meals to plan. And those like three to four that I had been planning for several years were actually costing me more money because of those errant grocery runs. Welcome to the other side. (laughs) I feel like in one of our meal planning episodes early on, we talked about how I I'm a pretty consistent meal planner and have been through. Of course, there are seasons of me falling out of it. But I've been I would say when you take the long view, very consistent at meal planning And I really attribute that to the consistency of my grocery bill. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. And I know we talked about it. And at one point you even, you didn't poke fun of me. Oh, I pushed back. I remember. Yeah. But I was like, I actually plan the main and the vegetable. Like for me, I want to go into the kitchen and know what I have to cook. And you're like, Babilis, you're you're a food professional. You're totally capable of being way more general on your meal plan and then getting into the kitchen and fairly quickly figuring it out. And I was like, that's true, but that's not what I want. Like this isn't putting dinner on the table isn't my creative cooking energy. Like that's not where I put it. So I just want to know you were, I think addressing the saving time piece of it for me. And you knew that probably I'm not saving myself that much time by being super detailed because I'm capable of winging it pretty quickly. But I do think my slightly more detailed meal planning and my consistency with it really is one of the main reasons why my grocery bill has maintained. I am finding that 100 percent True. I remember this is very behind the scenes. We did an episode last fall, like August, September-ish, about how to grocery shop without a meal plan. Yeah. And we were trying to do like meal planning math and figure out how many, okay, you need this many proteins or this much veg. Mm -hmm. And you were like, you need seven. And I was like, no, you only need three or four. Like I only plan three or four and it's fine. Every week it works out. And now that I'm consistently planning seven, I'm saving so much money and also feel more organized, feel more energized to cook the things that I've planned because I'm like actually excited about them and it's like fully thought out and like way less waste because I can see down the line further and be like, oh, that pot roast, I'm going to turn it into hot dish later in the week because I know I'm going to have extras. So that like that's my number one meal planning will help your budget if you're planning more and in more detail and then working your plan. Yes. Right. That that's the piece of it, too. But I agree. And I think that it's not just that you shopped for what you shopped for and nothing else. But it's like all the stuff on the edges, like not going to the supermarket and being tempted one or two other times during the week. You will spend money that you don't need to spend if you do that. It's a, it's an absolute guarantee. It's like grocery stores are designed for that. Right. Like people have right. put millions of dollars into psychologically getting you to spend more money. So the fewer times you can go into the grocery store the better. Okay. So we agree. Doing your meal plan, 
being planning for as many days as you have capacity for. And that's helpful. Also, seeing it on paper helps you move things around in a way so that you're not like wasteful or forget. We all have a lot on our minds. We just don't feel like you should be carrying like it shouldn't be a running tape in the back of your mind. Like, oh, I didn't end up making that pot roast on Monday and I have to figure out when to do it. If you look at your meal plan, you can be like, oh, Wednesday night's a good night for that or Saturday's a good night. So I'm just going to switch things around. It just gives you a plan forward for using everything that you purchased that week. And that means you're using it up, which means you're reducing waste and you're saving money by not throwing food away or having to go buy replacement stuff. Now, can we get into the nitty gritty of meal planning? Like when you're meal planning, if you are meal planning to save, what are some considerations? I go to immediately thinking about ingredients and there's a lot of talk about ingredients Uh, tied up in the conversation about inflation. So like if eggs are so much money right now, let's not plan frittatas. I think a lot of people look to reducing meat because meat can be very expensive. And I want to talk about beans and tofu when you're ready. There is a little bit of a thing that you're hitting on here when you're talking about looking at pantry things, looking at ingredient prices, which is something that that we, again, talk about in meal planning for everyone. But this idea of like keeping track of your meal plan, not just for this week, but maybe for past Mm -hmm. meal plans, because that's the very start of a budget at all is like you just don't make up a number. I wasn't like, oh, we're going to only spend $250 a week. I looked at what we previously spent. Yeah. I looked at the individual prices of the things that we regularly buy and then started to make plans around those things. And you were talking about some things that we categorically think of being impacted by inflation, like eggs and meat, like protein in general. But you shared this really great insight that actually like we get caught up in sometimes like food media, like which we are a part of, or TikTok and Instagram where people are like, oh my God, the egg prices. But if you like really track egg prices in your grocery store for your grocery shopping and like what you use, you might be worrying about the price of eggs and like buying fewer of them when they really have not changed that much or like the price per egg for the volume that your family eats is better for you to buy like the 18 pack of eggs or the flat of eggs than it would be for you to try to like skimp on eggs and end up back in the grocery store spending that money. Totally. And, you know, the egg thing was really interesting because it did go up. We didn't imagine that. But then it came down and it actually ended up being in a place that was lower than a year and a half prior. Again, it goes to trackings because we're really only comparing it to what you remember a few months ago or what you remember from before there was talk of inflation. There is this thing that just happens by us talking about it over and over and over that may not match up with the hard data. I do think, though, that meat, and I just pulled up, I think there's a really interesting tool 
we'll put a link in the show notes. I don't know if people will be interested in this. It's pretty nerdy and it's actually global. But there's the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations puts out a food price index every year and it tracks commodities, basically oils, dairy, meat. Again, it's global. I just think it's really interesting. Some data that I found that was from 2023, so it's not super up to date because things are changing, does indicate that beef, chicken, Milk are things that have been priced pretty high and are staying pretty high. Coffee is on the list. And I know you have some thoughts about that because you guys really like good coffee. We do. It's like the number one budget eater. Right. And like, I bet you didn't even think of that. Like while everybody's thinking about meat and eggs. Yes. When you really tracked your data, you found that actually in your home, it was coffee. Yes. Right. So I do think that this tracking, if you want to get serious about budgeting, is important. And it doesn't have to be like a long, laborious. Project. No, it doesn't have to be like an Excel spreadsheet. Take right. your receipt and highlight each week like the five most expensive line items. And you will start to see the coffee that we like to buy is like $16 for 12 ounces. And we need two of them to get through the week. And then that's where you can either decide that like that's a lower priority. Maybe you want to buy something of a different quality. You want to do store brand or in the case of coffee, maybe you decide to buy it in bulk. Like we've shifted to getting our beans at Costco, which are also really good quality, but the price per ounce is significantly better. We have a whole subscriber episode coming up this week about how to eat less meat because that is a conversation happening in our yes. community as well. But meat is one of those things where if you can strategize and this counts, this goes back to like planning more and planning with like a little like further out view, you can go to Costco and stock up on meat. You can grab meat, like the proteins, the cuts that your family likes the most when they're on sale and portion and freeze them. Or you could do something like ordering all of your meat that if like quality is important to you from one source, like our friends at ButcherBox. So there's like a lot of strategies when you start to implement more planning around your meals where you can be saving money on the things that are important to you and the most expensive. Yeah. I also think using your freezer is pretty important. I think that, you know, I found some data that suggests that apples and bananas are two fresh fruit that are actually pretty fairly priced and were not subject to inflation. And I was like, oh, like that's two really nutritious, kid-friendly, family-friendly fruits that work to serve raw, that work for snack time, that work for baking. And then in comparison, blueberries tend to be subject to inflation and are expensive a lot of the times of the year anyway. Frozen blueberries are really well-priced. So I know people will be like, look at the canned food aisle and look at the frozen food aisle. I, again, I think tracking and doing a tiny bit of sleuthing to compare the prices is important because, again, like frozen bananas, which sometimes I used to buy because they were just easy for smoothies, so much more expensive than just buying fresh bananas. But there are cases when buying frozen and canned will save you money. 
And then when buying fresh is going to save you money, thinking about buying in bulk, not just from oats and grains and pasta, but buy a whole bunch of bananas and then freeze a bunch if there's if they're well priced at the supermarket this week or buy a whole bunch of beef when it's on sale and then pop it in your freezer. So really thinking about how to stock up on essentials and make sure that they're around and that they stay preserved, I think can be really helpful too. Yeah. And then it leads into another technique that you really have turned me on to, which is when you're meal planning and you're trying to be consistent on your budget, you've started to buy things in bulk, you have stuff in your freezer, really challenge yourself every week to make one or two of your meals completely from what's already in your fridge or pantry. I've actually been intentional the last like 30 days of like I shopped and bought like a Trader Joe's meal that my family loves and the veggie to complete it. And I made sure I have like the rice in the pantry. And it is what I'm calling like a freezer floater. <laughs> that sounds so weird. But like it's on the meal plan as just like a bonus so that on a night where like things didn't go according to plan, like this week, all of a sudden there's <laughs> soccer that I didn't know was scheduled. And I'm like, I don't want to go spend literally $45 on fast food for one meal. Oh, yeah. And I'm just going to pull out this freezer meal instead. So this idea of having some things in your back pocket that answer the what ifs that are like contingent meals, sort of backup meals is really helpful too. has kept me from doing the easy just drive through, etc. That's more expensive. So many times this month. Love that. And I think formalizing it, we've done an episode on meal plan templates. We talk about meal plan templates for an entire class in meal planning for everyone, our audio course. But like, really don't get so stuck into Taco Tuesday, Pasta Wednesday. There's lots of different ways that you can fill in your meal plan template. We did an episode in January of this year, 2024, on spices. And in our listeners community, just the other day, someone who was like, oh, my gosh. Actually, she was the person who inspired the episode. Yes. Yes. She came back and she was like, I just had a success using my spice drawer on the fly. I was nervous, but I did it. And it was so great that I'm inspired to put a spice cabinet meal on my meal plan. So that's now one of her meal plan categories on her meal plan template so that she can use her spice cabinet more. But that idea can be applied to anything. Let's say you become obsessed with learning how to be a better wok cooker, right? You can just put wok Wednesdays and that'll give you a set time when you're going to practice this new skill or cooking technique that you want to master. That can also go for using up what's in your pantry. Just put pantry meal or freezer meal, not meaning like the Trader Joe freezer meals that you spend more money on to get their orange (laughs) chicken, but like using ingredients that you have in your freezer so you don't have to buy extra things that week. Really use your meal plan as a tool to implement, to help you be consistent about implementing all of these budget-saving tips and techniques. Stacy, I think that might be the most we can say about meal planning on a budget that's not already a part of meal planning for everyone or that we haven't previously talked about. You might be right. But before we sign off, 
We want to invite you to the Didn't I Just Feed You listeners community. There, free members get direct access to us as well as our hive mind of busy home cooks. You get access to our recipe archive, which can help you fill out your meal plans. You get shopping guides, helpful checklists, and more conversation like this. Our supporting community is one way that you can financially support these free public episodes. Uh, But when you join, you also get access to our ad-free stream, two bonus episodes each month, including the one Stacey mentioned, the How to Make a Meal Plan template, live Q&A sessions, and some uncut gems too. Find out more about becoming a member of our community at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. And also don't forget meal planning for everyone. Really, guys, we get into this stuff so deep and it can help reduce your overwhelm, but also save you money. Don't forget to follow us. We are at Didn't I Just Feed You on Instagram. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I am Stacy, And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Leave us a rating or review and make sure to give it five stars and leave an epic comment. Do it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.